pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite video game radio show live on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And that's it. No I mean, one else. It's not the end of the show or anything, but that's it for people in the studio, sort of. Not quite. Not quite. But Simon's missing this week, isn't he? He is. Well, you weren't here last week. Mm-hmm. And you uh, won't be here next week. No, it's a couple of weeks now. No, you won't be here next week. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So where is Simon today? I don't know, is it something to do with this? He's got a birthday coming up or something. What? Every so year he does this. Every year. We have to week off because yeah. of our birthdays. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I had a nice time last week. Did you? What were you up to? I can't remember. I do remember. I was in, uh, I was in Glasgow. What were you doing celebrating, there? Uh, celebrating friend of the show, Ian Cook's birthday. Oh, lovely. How was it? Wrote our theme, of course. It was excellent. We watched The Exorcist. <laughs> What a great way to celebrate getting a little older, <laughs> a young girl getting a little more devilish. Yeah, I can't. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. It's kind of spooky. It is horrific. How's your week been? Um, my week has been very good until yesterday. I think I got oh, the... Oh no, what happened? I think I got the delayed Game City cold. Ah, I think it's I been hibernating and it just came out yesterday. This is why when you go to these things, don't touch the joypads. Don't touch anyone, Don't touch Steve. anyone or anything. In fact, it's basically a good rule for life. It is, isn't it? Don't ever show fear or affection. <laughs> Don't ever touch another human. Um, and yeah, never never touch Joypad. Only play Connect games. Uh, but if you're going to play a Connect game, don't wear all black. As Martin Hollis. Oh, right, we'll tell I you. see. Okay, good. Uh, we are not the only people in the studio. Please welcome as well. Super special guest this week. Dan Stubbs. Hello. Hey, Dan, where have you come from? I've come all the way from Plymouth. Okay, that sounded a bit indignant. Where have you come from? What, <laughs> what are you doing on? here? What, what on earth? <laughs> uh, you're going to be telling us a bit about your uh, new video game, Hopefully, aren't you, yes. later in the show. And also, uh, in the background there, our super special intern, Simon. Hello. Hello, Simon. How, have you had a good week? Yes, I have. Excellent. Soon we will get you close enough to the mic to hear it, you. It's good that we have... Uh, intern Simon as as well now because any time the actual Simon is gone <laughs> we are never without a Simon that's an important part of radio time for the news It's 7.04 on Monday the 10th of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Sony 
SharePlay is being blocked by a number of games. The new PlayStation 4 feature, which allows players to virtually pass their controller to another PlayStation Plus subscriber who doesn't own the game, was blocked by Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Eurogamer has compiled a list of games that this has happened in. Sony explained that the feature is available to developers to disable the feature according to what they feel will best benefit the customer experience. Activision said the, their engineers didn't have time to test the feature, so disabled it. Let SharePlay, more like pretty unfair play, right? It does rhyme. Mm. Therefore, it's a valid joke. Good joke. Yeah, pretty much. So tell me, what, what does SharePlay mean? Uh, well, it means you can uh, play with someone else who doesn't own the game as long as they're a PlayStation uh, Plus subscriber. So I was talking about this uh, the other week. I see. Um, and yeah, it just seems as though this is a really new feature and it's been put out there for developers to use but you know as uh, happens with a lot of new features it's not necessarily been uh, implemented in the best ways initially because you know they've got all the other stuff to you do got, like you got, making, making a, a game. game yeah exactly you can't just stick something in your game willy nilly <laughs> <laughs> No, you can't, and you really shouldn't just no, you start. Should. <laughs> it's good life advice. You can't yeah. do that. And so it seems like some people have maybe... Has this been a sort of conspiracy theory uh, piece? As people go, oh, yeah, they're trying to keep this out of the game because well, they don't like the idea of people playing for free. Um, well, I, I don't read comments, Steve, so, you know. That hasn't, been, that hasn't been reported as the news, but, you know, there's. I think there's a... Something about this, you know, this has been rolled out, uh, been put out there. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. And yeah, it just hasn't been picked up by a lot of people. And, you know, it as a new feature where people don't have to actually buy the game to play it. That No, it's, a, it's an excellent thing. I'm all for people playing playing games without buying them, aren't you, Anne? Well, well, I mean... I don't have to make any money off games, so, <laughs> so, of so course, I am for course. it. But yeah, I, I mean, I can see why um, publishers and developers might be a little bit um, wary of it. What made this? Uh, what made this stand out to you? Why is this lead lead item in the news? Well, because it's a it's a strong feature for Sony. It is. It's a strong feature, Steve. Strong, strong feature, and it's, and it's got a bit messed up. Okay. Bungie has given a brain surgery patient a special Destiny rifle after finding out he's been using the game in his therapy. This came after a Reddit user wrote about how her husband, Eric's seven operations in seven months left him unable to remember a lot of things, including who she was. When he told his neurologist about how much he loved Destiny, he was encouraged to play it as part of his physical therapy. She says since starting to play the game again, he's been getting better in other areas too. On hearing this, Bungie sent him out a fate of all fools, solar primary scout rifle that's excellent so i'm just i'm just trying to get a little you know while simon's not here and yeah. we can look a little bit behind the curtain yeah just trying to get a bit of an insight in how you put the news okay. together you know and i'm sure our readers would appreciate it's kind of like a dvd commentary isn't it if, the, yeah. if such a thing were a thing for radio shows um so so the first show first story yeah. is obviously like the important hard-hitting it's about the a glimpse of the future of video future games yeah. and maybe a little bit of hint of chaos in there about how things are going wrong as well the second story is yeah. where you hit them in the feels yeah this right? is all, all the feels the emotions uh, but actually i think this is really important uh so that what i didn't mention in the story is that the neurologist uh who had a look at the game uh seemed to be really impressed with how the game had potential to help people um and it wasn't made specifically clear whether it was helping people who have in the past played video games um, sort of bring up uh, help them uh, help their memories to I don't know uh, recalibrate or to um, help their memory grow again mm. um, or if it's something that can be used for anyone people who haven't played games as well well we've had we've had uh, items in the news about um about positive effects of video games on memory before was it yeah. was it not on one life left i heard about people playing tetris to relieve post traumatic stress yeah, disorder and they've uh, you know things like using uh, the wii um and a lot of nintendo stuff uh, in old people's homes as well mm -hmm. um partly because they uh, the controllers and the uh, interaction with those are very very easy um and then also that you have the game mechanics behind it which stimulate the brain as well um, Anne, as as uh, you know, provider of news for this show, yeah. and but also as a person who is capable of editorialising and having <laughs> an opinion around these things, do you think Bungie did this out of the goodness of their hearts, or do you think they did it because they have feelings? Bit of wait, both. No, no, wait, wait. Those are the yeah, same things. Yeah, they're the same things. Okay, because they have the goodness uh, out of the goodness of their hearts, or because <laughs> they have PR. cynical intent. Do you think that they would just say, "Oh, this is this is going to get a second news story on One Life Left"? <laughs> Well, they read me well, they didn't did, they? They did. Um, but yeah, probably a bit of both. Like, how how much does it actually cost them to do something like this? Like, 
you know yeah nothing not, does it not, not a lot it doesn't um, cost them anything and yet here they are yeah well it's goodwill isn't it it's goodwill for, <laughs> goodwill this man's obviously put in a lot of hours he can't remember all of them <laughs> story three news. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare has sold more copies in its launch week than Call of Duty Ghosted in the UK last year. Brilliant. However, in a head-to-head, Advanced Warfare does have a bit of an advantage over Ghost. AW, as friends are calling it, launched on a Monday instead of the traditional Tuesday, and Ghost was launched on PS4 and Xbox One before the consoles were released, which meant some people would have held off buying it until they could play it. Not a fair fight, but still, our buddy Cod Orr is doing pretty well. I'll level with you. I zoned out. Yeah. After uh, after the start of that news story. Three, we've got a dip. It's the tricky third story. I see. I see. You sort of ebb away for a bit. like, And people think, oh, I guess that's the end of the news. news." Stats and facts. Do you play these sort of games, Dan? I haven't played Call of Duty since Modern Warfare 2. Really? Um, I'm a bit behind on the games on account of me being completely broke. Okay. Um, I I mean, I understand it's still a shooty shooty game, (laughs) a killy killy game. I think that's going to change anytime soon. Right, okay. So this is is a story about one shooty shooty game. Which selling. Selling than better, another shooty, shooty, killy, but killy. in different circumstances. Game, okay. Uh, do you have any? Can you offer any insight? Ansight. Ansight. Well, That's I, a good name for a new an, section yeah. on the show. Okay. Um, Ansight. With these Ansight. ones, I always talk about uh, all of the Call of Duties because they sell so many. <laughs> like it's so, so many, and it feels really significant. Right. That many people care that much to buy that many games. It's ridiculous. It's, but it's, now they bring them out every year. Do you know what? This might be my last Call of Duty story because, frankly, they're just getting bigger and right. it's happening more frequently. And oh. I can't. I, I just can't fathom it anymore. I mean, I'm sure this will uh, this will resonate <laughs> with uh, with our audience. Just because statistically, a lot of our audience must play yeah. Call of Duty. So you're kind of doing this one for the fans, right? Yeah. Your heart isn't in it. <laughs> we, we can all tell that my heart isn't in it. I, I've no idea. I barely remember the story, and it was just a few seconds ago. But the fans, they love it. Fans love it. Um, but I did want to. Uh, so obviously, we've had Cobblops. That was our. Favorite cobblops. We got told to not say cobblops. Can you believe it, Dan? I can believe Lord it. Cobblops. <coughs> so satisfying so to say. Satisfying. Good luck stopping us. Uh, so I don't know cob-lops. what we didn't really call cod ghosts anything. Cod ghosts. Cod god. Cod gods. Cod ghosts. <laughs> okay, cod ghosts. Um, and it's this one. Cod ah. Oh. <laughs> it's quite nice. It looks more satisfying written down than it does uh, spoken, Steve. If you want to get your hand on a muddy old copy of Atari's E.T. The Extraterrestrial, then head over to eBay with a stack of cash. The games were dumped in a landfill in a city in New Mexico in 1983 and have recently been uncovered in an archaeological dig. Currently going for between $260 and $500, the games are being sold as is with no guarantee that they will work. (laughs) One Life Left was going to bury all our games as a future investment, then realised a Steam Press account wouldn't survive being two feet under the Hyde Park Park for a week. Valid callback, isn't it? Comedy, yes. comedy there. Uh, well, this is this is one of uh, you know the classic video game stories: the ET uh, carts being buried in New Mexico. Yeah, and this is a nice fairy tale ending. Now, you by exchanging money for goods can, you can have some own a little bit of history. It's kind of like our Berlin Wall, isn't it? <laughs> in many ways. Although we aren't there, and we didn't really live through this. I did. Do, do you do you feel yeah, like uh, this is a little bit like a little bit? Oh, this was when? Well, it must be eighty three. Eighty three. So I lived through it a bit. Yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, would you would you consider buying a bit of this stand for your walls? Show, show the grandkids. <laughs> I'm not into memorabilia. Um, I do love this story though. I love how it's gone from being something that actually happened and was reported in the papers to being this mythical event. Did they really bury millions of? Yes, of course they did. It's romantic, isn't it? You know, well, this, way... this actually happened. I can prove it to you. Yeah, the way that it was described. <laughs> As uh, buried in landfill, it's almost. D- did they mean to, or did someone act? Did uh, a truck accidentally like wheel itself up? Oh no! I thought they were to go to the tip. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were supposed to be delivering them somewhere. Quick, let's just say we meant to do it. We're going to bury them for thirty years, and then we'll get a load of cash. At, you know, it's a long-term <laughs> investment. This you think really. This is a scam, don't you? I think this is a scam, Steve. I think people have been had. 
And finally, if you were a ghost for the rest of eternity and could only do one thing, what would it be? We'll answer for you. It would be swimming in a sweet pool, of course. Thankfully, The Sims is allowing players to live their splashy dreams in a pool building update. The pool tool will let players design and build a pool on any floor of their virtual home. Sadly, though, if a sim is left exposed to water for too long, it will drown and live the rest of eternity trapped in a lone swim. I think I've worked out a pattern. So story one is the important news story. Story two is the emotional story to show that you can cover, you know, hard-hitting news stories and things with feelings. Story three, that's the downbeat. It's the stats story, but the one that's popular. Story four, historical. Story five, it's just straight-out press release. Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Good. How did this one make it in? Uh, Because I like the idea that you can have a ghost in a pool (laughs) forever. A ghost in a pool. Yeah. Uh, Uh, You could could design that into your house. Do you want to have a spooky... Like, for once a year... Yeah. Every year, yeah. for Halloween, what are you going to do? You're going to have a Halloween party. Where are you going to have it? By the pool. Of course. Have it in your, you know, you build a room big enough for a pool. Yep. Drown a sim. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Keep the ghost in there for all, all of the year. The ghost is just in there getting a little bit het up. Once a year, it has time to really get its spook on. <laughs> so, um, so what you did at Halloween? You got your spook on? I got my spook on. You got your spook yeah. on, okay. In a pool party. Uh, I mean, I'm genuinely struggling for insight on this story. What? What? Would you not do that? What? Would, like, okay. What, get my spook on <laughs> in a pool party? I, I can't think of a better place to get my spook on. But isn't The Sims like uh, sort of th- the dream life that you will never be able to have? Maybe. And torture people. It's a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's... I mean, it doesn't reflect well on me that this is a story of it. <laughs> Isn't The Sims the dream life that you'll never be able to have, says Anne, pointedly looking across the room at me, shaking her head sadly. And closing off the news. Thanks, Anne. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. We often play chip tune music. This is from chipmusic.org. It is called No Puedo Decerte Adios. Decerte Adios. My Spanish is Your not Spanish even is Spanish. Shocking. It's not Spanish. You were Spanish. there the other week. Alex Achoa and Laffy the Fox. I was there. What were you there for? I was there for um I was there for a festival called Bima. It's a music uh, festival. I was there to talk about video games and music. It went very, very well. Super fun. Got to talk about Taylor Swift live on stage. Well, that sounds she wasn't like there. something you would hate. She, yeah, she wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, what was I going to talk to you about a second ago? I wasn't. I was going to talk to the listeners and say, <laughs> if you want to tweet in, you can tweet at One Life Left. At One Life Left. It's simple. It's easy. It's just that. And if that happens, uh, we'll get alerted by Simon, our intern, who doesn't yet have access to the One Life Left Twitter account, so that's an oversight on our part. But somehow he'll do that, and he'll let us know. And then you can socially interact with the show, which is, you know, it's the modern way of things six or seven years ago. We're getting (laughs) around to it. Finally. About now. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm really, really good, thanks. You've come from... Miles and miles away to talk to us. <laughs> Other side of the country. Specifically about a video game, and we are excited. Uh, tell us about your game. What's it called? It's called The Hit. The Hit. All right. Is it about uh, making pop music in the 1980s with <laughs> Pete Waterman? Not yet. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> 
but uh, t- tell us what it's about. That'll be DLC. Um, <laughs> it's it's a murder simulator. Um, oh, another one. Yeah, it's special so. though, isn't it? It's the life you want to live, Steve, but you can't. <laughs> Don't say that. You're not here next week. Oh goodness. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's set in a procedural city with hundreds of buildings, thousands of people, um, and it's going to be online multiplayer. And at the moment, I've got my head deep in the AI and the city generation. Okay, so um, One Life Left is a very broad radio show intended for people who love video games and people who don't love video games. Indeed, people who have never heard of video games (laughs) somehow accidentally tuned in uh, on Resonance 104.4 FM. Can you explain what it means to have a procedural city in your game? Basically, instead of modelling everything by hand, I throw maths at it until the city appears. So you grow cities automatically? Yes. I I write the, the, the little brain that makes the city for me. Right, okay. Is this city uh, generated uniquely for every player? Um, it is at the moment, but I'm planning on having a set of shared cities. Okay. Make life a lot easier for multiplayer. Okay, so um, my experience in the game, though, is, is going to be different from everyone else's experience, isn't it? And Hopefully, that's kind yes. of the point about procedurally generated narrative. That's the other thing that, that this is about. Um, I'm, I'm making the game first, so I get to a point where I can start doing the narrative stuff. Um, but the narrative stuff is is my obsession. Um, okay, well let's let's go back to talking about the game. What what, what happens in the here? What's the, what's the plan? Uh, I load up the game for the first time, and what happens? Um, you are working for the agency. That's literally which is, true. Which is this <laughs> <laughs> um, like black ops, possibly governmental, possibly not organization? Okay. And I have no choice in this. You don't. Um, although I'm planning on putting in a feature we can get fired. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'm kind of making cart life as a, as a murder simulator. <laughs> okay. So we're working for the agency, Anne and I, uh, separately or together. Maybe you're fired already. Seems, <laughs> yeah. seems, seems likely. relatively likely. So Anne's, Anne's off sick. Another sick day. Yeah. Uh, I'm working for the agency. What do I do? Um, you kill people. Again, <laughs> sounds, sounds brilliant. They, they have to be the right people. They can't be any people. So you're given <clears throat> what? You're given a brief. Uh, you're given a brief. You're given weapons, um, and you're given free access to the city. Um, and that's that's the thing that I'm hoping is going to get people interested: is the fact that you you will be able to go everywhere. Okay, how big is this? <clears throat> um, it's a kilometer square at the moment. Okay, that may get bigger in later versions, but right now that's as big as I need. And how many people inside it? Um, I can have 10,000 um, on screen at once. What? Um, that might get cut down a lot. They'll have to be quite small. <laughs> They're all very far away. You could make Good a Taylor points. Swift gig with that. You could. I'm planning, not a Taylor Swift gig, but there will be a concert in the game. Well, well you might have to kill Justin Bieber. Um, didn't say that. <laughs> okay. So so you, uh, you have to find your target and eliminate them in the city uh, without people noticing or um, with people noticing? If you want to survive, then yeah, ideally without people noticing. Okay. Um, um, and what is this? Does this form part of a larger story? Um, yes. I'm building the tools at the moment that'll let me write the story. Um, okay, <clears throat> that's harder to explain, so I'm not really talking too much about that. Right. Um, okay, but you are interested in procedurally generated stories, aren't you? Um, not. This is this is kind of the thing. It's not strictly procedurally generated. Okay. Um, but it is player driven. Player driven. What does um, that mean? What's the difference between the two things? In video games, you're not actually the protagonist. Um, you're given your orders. Um, you're told to go here. You're told to to do this. You're told to shoot these fifty people. But you're as soon as you actually need to do something plot-wise, the game will jump to a cutscene, mm-hmm. and you will watch passively as the protagonist does something amazing. Right. Um, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's the way video games should be going. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, or I think I figured out, how to make a completely player-driven narrative. How? <laughs> you have to go and read my article. <laughs> or, play, or, or, or play you could give us a brief synopsis. <laughs> um... There's a few people working on this. Um, Stefan Burr is doing amazing stuff with Storybricks, and I think there's actually a lot of similarities between this system and my system, his system, my mm-hmm. system. Um, basically, the game will have um, an AI director, a story director. Um, although I'm thinking of putting eleven story directors in my game, okay, um, just so I can say I've got more than Valve yeah, have. Eleven's way better than one. <laughs> um, there are reasons for that. Okay. Um, but basically, the story director has a whole bunch of events that it can throw at you, mm-hmm. and it's kind of seeding the triggers for all the events around you. Um, and as soon as you trip over one, um, that event will start to play out. 
So you don't see these triggers, you just kind no. of walk through these invisible tripwires which... Or they may happen because you've just shot this character, sure. or you've just parked here, or you've just walked into the shop. Right, I see. So it is it is kind of uh, driven by player agency, but you may not exactly know what you're doing to... A bit like life, really. You know? <laughs> a little you bit, You can yeah. go left or you can go right, but you never know what happens if you go left. You never know if you're going to drown in a swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, what's, the, what's the phrase? Spook... Uh, get your spook on. Get your spook on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, do do you? Is it your intention in in the hit for every player to have a different experience, their own experience? Um, eventually, right now, I'm just focusing on the game, trying to make it cool and fun to play, so mm-hmm. you can go and kill any people, and then I'm going to work on the procedure or the the dynamic narrative in earnest. What, um, why do you think this is so important to video games? Why why should video games <coughs> be like this model rather than the Last of Us? We have been able to tell linear narratives for many many hundreds of years. That's the thing we can do as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the Last of Us is a fantastic game, but it's not a narrative you're part of. You're, mm. you're still following along. Um, you're not making the decisions. You're not doing the things. Yeah, I th- I, I mean the personally, <coughs> I think that this is particularly relevant right now, right? Because the whole world. Um, the whole video game world is geared towards getting YouTubers, getting PewDiePie on yes. board and getting him to play your game. And the reason I think you, you look on YouTube and you see games like Goat Simulator, uh, uh, you know, or um, Mount Your Friends or uh, Surgeon Simulator mm. as such successes on, uh, on YouTube are not just because they're funny, but because they offer an experience that is unique to every player. It plays out differently Absolutely. every time. Whereas The Last of Us, you know, you and I, and, you know, we can enjoy The Last of Us, but we'll have both had exactly the same experience. Yes. There's nothing that is... There's no point me going into uh, going into school the next day. <laughs> I mean, I really shouldn't be doing that. No, Steve. But, you know... You make your life choices, you yeah. live by them. Going into school, going to the playground and go, did anyone else play Last of Us last night? Oh my goodness, you'll never believe what happened. Well, actually I will, because it happened to me as well, right? We can both enthuse about how well executed that story is in the same way you enthuse about how uh, brilliant a movie is, but you don't get to ownership over an anecdote in so you know, uh, as you could yes. do in your game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's an element, I mean, in all of these games with YouTubers, they are um, games as performance. Mm. Um, and there's an element of that in every game. Um, you can play a game and show your mate how great you are at playing the game. Right. Um, but there's these games now like Goat Simulator, um, etc., that are just designed to be performances. Mm. Do you expect your game to be as funny as Goat Simulator? <sighs> funny? I don't know. Slapstick? Um, there will be humour in it, but I'm, I'm leading towards kind of dark, violent... It sounds like like you're that sort of guy. (laughs) Um, So what's the next step then with the hits? When is it appearing? Um, I'm trying to get something out um, by the start of next month. Um, I don't know if I'm going to hit that. Um, I did a Kickstarter a while ago that failed. Um, That was going to get me enough money to kind of go all out and just bring Mm -hmm. this out, launch the game December the 1st, but I'm still going to to try to get something out. Okay, Um, and and, uh, you've been green-lit as well, haven't you? Yes, yes. yeah, um, launched on Greenlit a while ago, 25 days um, okay, to get good. on there. Um, so yeah, I can go live on Steam whenever I want. But I don't want to put something on early access that isn't fun, um, mm. that isn't interesting. I can, I can stick it on there tomorrow, but it just it's not quite what I want to put on there yet. So where can people find out more information about this? Right, the website's thehitgame.co.uk. Um, it's also <laughs> That's on... a bit arrogant of you. Or, uh, <laughs> but still, you make your own luck in this game. Thehitgame.co.uk. Um, I've been told it's the worst title. You, you'll <laughs> never find it on Google. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, they should, uh, they should go there. Find uh, is there a place I can follow you on Twitter? Or? Yeah, I'm Dan underscore Stubbs on Twitter. Um, okay. it's it's all on the page. It's um, all on the page. Sorry. If you want to read more, there's there's an article on Game Sutra and Game Dev. Electron Dance are doing a, a series of articles at the moment, um, all about this. Okay, fantastic. It's all over the place, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with more it. Um, we'll be Cheers. talking to you more later in the show. Hello. I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. There was panic on the streets of USB Leeds today, as an endless runner barged into the Prime Minister as he was leaving the USB Leeds Town Hall. When the attack happened, the Prime Minister was quickly bundled into his transportation, and the attacker was wrestled to the ground. The runner was named as Cameron Arthur Bolt, or Camerbolt, 
and was later released without charge. Mr. Bolt claimed that he did not recognise the Prime Minister, despite the PM's balloon-shaped head and idiotic policies, and he was unable to avoid him, as he was wearing his red trainers that he borrowed from Sonic the Hedgehog that make it nigh on impossible for him to stop running. The police were worried that Mr. Bolt was planning on kidnapping the Prime Minister and putting him into space, as Mr. Bolt was found to have a towel with him. However, they were unable to connect him to the notorious criminals Arthur Dent and Zaphod Beeblebrox and realised that he was just going to the gym, so they de-arrested him. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Left is a radio show about video games. Sometimes plays chip tune music. It goes out live on Resonance 104.4 FM. And this is that. This song is called Copacetic. It's by Starman Stan. I think it's called Copacetic. Honestly, I'm not sure what that word means. So it was something to do with uh, Twilight? Well, I did I did do some Googling and it found lots of tumblers to do with Twilight. So, um... I don't know. Maybe this is one of those things which Google just tailors your uh, search results to your previous, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Team Edward searches and, uh, and oh, knows what I'm doing. D. I know. Anyway, uh, this is One Life Left and this is our letters section. You know, uh, the letter section is your chance to interact with One Life Left. This is this is your moment, your special moment. You see, you're saying that whilst you're looking at me, and my chance to interact with this radio show is when I have a microphone that's yeah. live. It's, a, uh, it's every other listen, part. Listeners, this, this is, is your chance. This is your chance to make Anne shut up. Like, you can put words in Anne's mouth right now, and very few of you have taken advantage of that this week. I don't know, we've got a few, Steve. Few. Who's first? Uh, dear team and SSG, uh, could you use your influence to stop all these indie games going for mouse and keyboard controls? Or at least... Uh, stick joypad support in. I've heard there is some massive journo developer cabal, so I'm guessing you're near the top. We are right at the top. Uh, and any pre-Christmas games you're looking forward to? Is there a is there keyboard and mouse control in your game, Dan? It's only keyboard and mouse. At the you are a disgrace. Morg is furious you're at you. You're part of the problem. You are part of the problem. Uh, Morg, we're doing what we can to persuade Dan to put keyboard uh, uh, to put joypad <laughs> control in. Er- Dan, you put joypad control in. Okay, for you. Uh, See? Everyone that enters the One studio will only be able to cross the threshold once they've signed a legal and binding document. And by cross the threshold, you mean... Enter the studio. Yeah, it's, not, it's obvious. We yeah. don't really do. Um, uh, but also, any pre-Christmas pre- games we're looking forward to, Steve? Pre-Christmas games. Honestly, the, the, the thing that I'm I'm going to try and do at Christmas is get my hands on the Elite Dangerous beta. Ooh, yeah. I haven't played that yet. Have you played it? No, then? I haven't. Oh. I've kickstarted it, but I haven't played it yet. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really eager to have a go on that. So maybe I'll try and do that at Christmas. I've got a bit of a backlog at the moment. Loads of brilliant Vita games yeah. uh, to talk about, one of which I'm going to be talking about in the reviews section. Um, I... Oh, I've got Just Dance 2015 as well. Shut yes, up. that arrived the other day. Can uh, I come round? Uh, yes, you can. Brilliant. Um, so maybe we'll do some 
Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll do some streaming. Should we do some streaming? That just went dance. incredibly that well was when we phenomenal, did phenomenal, uh, wasn't it? Dance game last time. All right, we'll be streaming Just Dance uh, maybe next week sometime. Uh, anything you're looking forward to? Um, actually, what I was going to say was not pre-Christmas games, but I really want to. I so I try to obviously watch a lot of Christmas films around Christmas. I love Christmas. Uh, read Christmas books, uh, and a couple of years ago, I ended up playing uh, one. Christmas themed game which was brilliant uh, I mean it was not a great game but it was Christmas themed which made me love it uh, so I'm going to be on the lookout for Christmas themed games in December I think, uh, so if anyone... po- I think there's a Christmas jam you know is there yeah oh I'll play what it more Christmas jam that would be cranberries wouldn't it yeah cranberry just be jam cran- cranberry jam cran- 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 jam cranberry jam jamberry jamberry cran- no that's cran jam cran jam I think you were right the first time cran, cran jam. jam okay uh Dear team and SSG, I'm afraid I'm unable to send in another thrilling chapter of Super Roger World this week. Oh, no! I've been working on Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I've had to shout a lot in order to outact Kevin Spacey. In this business, volume means quality. Unfortunately, it does mean that I've totally lost my voice. So my question to you and your guest is this. What's the worst illness or injury that you've developed as the result of a video game? Yours whisperingly, Roger Edgerton Esquire OBE. Have you ever injured yourself with a video game? I'm trying to think if actually probably the most likely thing is when we're doing a dance game. Mm. And I don't, maybe I have. I can't really remember a major injury though. Uh, I don't know. I remember um, I remember reviewing a PlayStation 2 video game for Edge yeah. called Yanya Kabbalista. Uh, and it was a skateboarding skateboarding game where you had a yellow plastic skateboard that fit across the two thumbsticks, so yeah. you could move the the board around. And I uh, almost dislocated my thumb. Can you almost dislocate your thumb? I definitely hurt my thumb. You hurt your thumb. I, <laughs> basically, my thumb my thumb felt a bit sore afterwards. I was furious. And so you alm- yeah. you're taking that as an almost dislocation. Almost <laughs> It is. I think technically. I mean, we should ask Doctor Avatar. Yeah. I think that counts as an almost. Right, right now, I'm almost dislocated a lot of my body. You are. <laughs> Almost. You can't be too careful. So in that sense, all video games are dangerous. Yeah, Dan, have you injured yourself? I, I have point? a scar. I would take off my shoes, but we don't want that. Um, I have right, a scar on radio. my foot from the last time I played Button, the Digwood ah. Fabric uh. game. Oh, in which case, that yes. That kick savage. Uh, yeah, obviously in uh, Joust. Joust? What do you mean, obviously? Some people well, play Joust like... Nobody plays it anything less than completely physically. Um, and I think uh, I... Well, actually, not so much injuring myself as others. Right, okay. Yeah. So that is not answering the question. The question wasn't, have you ever <laughs> maimed someone during playing a video game? In which case, no, I've, no, uh, no, I've come no, out I've... completely unscathed. Okay, uh, next letter. Uh, hello, everyone who's there this week, plus super special guest. Anyway, free John Hare at London South Bank uh, Uni info below. Also, the event has a film about games angle. Does the panel have any favourite, real or fictional, game scenes in film? Mine is the electric shock missile command in James Bond, Never Say Never Again. Sent from my mobile device in case you thought this thought I was dictating it to a 12-year-old or something. Thanks, Dave Green. Uh, so the uh, free IDGA London talk, uh, Sensible Software's John Hare and at From Bedrooms uh, to Billions Makers is in London on the 13th of November. Okay. That's next Thursday. This it's Thursday. Very, it's a very joyful end to what amounted to a very robotic reading of a letter. Yeah. <laughs> Celebratory. Uh, thanks, Dave. Favourite favorite film scenes in games? Uh, Wait, the other way around. Favourite game, game scenes, scenes in, in films. films? I love the scene in 300 where it turns into a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yeah, that is a fictional one, but it's very strong. Uh, anything else? Uh, Scott Pilgrim's very gamey. We've, we've mm. run out of... Run out of theme. Pop it back on. Um... What was I watching the other day? I was watching Clueless. It's not really got any... Doesn't it? Well, it's got the bit where she chooses clothes. That's from... That is very Sims, actually. It's quite similar to a, a video game, isn't yeah. it? Oh, uh, Daryl. All, all of Daryl. You, you won't have seen Daryl, you? I don't know what uh, you're talking it's, about. It's E.T. era, before your time. <laughs> okay, uh, this one's from Robert Wells. Dear Team OLL and your dazzling guests... Guest. Guests. 
Uh, it might count if you are dazzling, Simon. Are you dazzling? I think so. Yes. You can't think that you're dazzling. You're either dazzling or not. I've dazzled a bit earlier, but I'm okay now. I've realised that the letters page of Edge is filled with nothing but complaints about resolutions and controls and decisions made by studios and producers that angry letter writers couldn't possibly have full knowledge of. So... Here's a letter about nice things. This week, I won an aubergine in a frisbee tree golf tournament. What is the best thing that happened to you this week? Lots of love from Robert Wells. What's the best thing that happened to you, Steve? Without doubt, the release of Taylor Swift's new video, Blank Space, (laughs) uh, just a few hours ago. And then the... Uh, pulling because it had leaked of said video and then the re-release so she actually <laughs> released it twice in one day and it's phenomenal genuinely brilliant uh, good I'm glad that that, uh, that made your it's better than anything any other interaction with, an, with another human or anything I've done <laughs> or any other moment in my week um, I've had quite a nice week generally what about you uh, best thing that happened to me this week was I ate some sushi yeah and didn't get food poisoning. <laughs> Fantastic. What about you, Dan? Well, I'm sitting here, aren't I? That is oh, the best thing. Oh, well, good one. Good the one. Best thing good. I can talk about anyway. <laughs> Listen, guys, we need letters. We need letters of the standard of those letters. High quality. Yeah. Like Rob Wells's. You know, it's nice. Uplifting. Yeah. So please send us letters for next week to team at one Excellent. Here is the return of Dr. Avatar. Dr. Avatar. You're needed in surgery. Dr. Avatar, operating room dictation on patient Kane, Deckard. Operative diagnosis, multi-organ failure requiring heart, liver, kidney transplant. Estimated blood loss, 3,000 cc's, OR time, 39 hours. Mr. Kane was found in severe shock in his shack in Tristram following an automated alert generated by his pharmacy after attempting to redeem a prescription for seven dozen leeches. After having contracted infection from a feral animal bite, the patient sought the care of his local doctor who over the course of three months attempted treatment with several exotic fungi, hemlock juice, boar bile, and bloodletting. Given the patient's advanced age and deteriorating condition, he was rushed to the operating room where a thoracotomy and transverse abdominal incision were performed. While Mr. Kane was having his circulation replaced for internal hemorrhage and contamination, a new heart was reanastomosed and the bypass reversed. A new liver and one kidney was then transplanted in a stepwise fashion thereafter. The patient will be transferred to the transplant infectious diseases ward to monitor for organ rejection. Given that the severe lifelong immunosuppressive medication will make him vulnerable, his risk for viral infection is extremely high, and he will have to continue to avoid most human contact. A recommendation of suspension will be sent to the Tristram Medical Board. Ending dictation for patient Kane, Deckard. This is Effervescent Iridescent by Shoju Eyes. It's from chipmusic.org. I think it's my favourite of the songs this week, although I have loved 
and we'll continue to love all of them. Even the ones you can't pronounce. <laughs> Especially those. Uh, that was Dr. Avatar before that. He is a qualified physician. And uh, later on, we'll be finding out whether I have dislocated my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> One assumes uh, I have. I don't know. Uh, so, Thursday. Thursday, or as we're calling it this month, Wednesday. Wednesday. Because we've moved it this uh, this month, because well, just because it was more convenient for yeah. us all, and also because, you know, we're flexible. We are flexible. We like we, to be flexible. You know, some people have uh, monthly, weekly commitments on a Thursday and cannot attend and Thursday for that very reason. So we like to, every yeah. now and then, chuck in a Wednesday just to see we if We owe you... it to them in well, many ways. I think ways. we do. I think we do. We do. And so, uh, it's Wednesday this week. Uh, the third normally, Wednesday of the month. Normally Thursday. Uh, is our is our Marioki night. Our Marioki residency in Dalston at the brilliant loading bar. Yeah. There where we sing songs rewritten to be about video games. Uh, I've just rewritten something astonishing. I can't talk yeah. about it. Uh, Simon, Simon submitted two new songs yesterday, which are phenomenal. Uh, really, really, really genuinely excited about um, singing them all to new guests. So be there. It's free. You have nothing to lose. You can sing those songs. Even if you have never been to a One Life Left event. Uh, maybe especially if you've never been to a One Life Left event. Yeah. This time is the time for you because... It's a warm-up. For the Christmas party. Yeah. And it's also going to be our last free event of the year. So your last chance to come see us sing for free. Because we're going to cash in dollars. Imagine, you you might feel pretty bad seeing us sing for free. Imagine how much worse <laughs> you're going to feel if you pay for it. So make it this time. It is on Wednesday, the 19th of November. That is Wednesday. And it starts at... Well, you should probably get there around around 7, 7.30, so you can sign up for the good songs. They're all good, but there are some that are more in demand than others. It does always surprise me when people come up. uh, So obviously we keep a running tally of uh, who signed up for what and when. uh, And people who come up and say, oh, can I sign up for this one? Oh, no, it's gone. I'm really sorry. Oh, no. Genuine sorrow, Steve. Genuine upset. Bohemian Rhapsody, a new modern classic. That's 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 made its debut a couple of times ago. Shake It Off new this year very very successful as well we didn't do Torn in Nottingham no, I noticed. and that was spectacular a phenomenal song so yeah come along sing a song it won't last long <laughs> I mean it doesn't <laughs> might be about long. Donkey Kong or Pong oh Derek save us from this so if you can spare me another couple of minutes of time I'll relate another delightful tale of a game shop of yore let me take you back to a time so long ago that dim and murky past when 8-bit home computers ruled the roost. Yes, 1989. How weren't Amiga and ST supposed to be the big ones back then? Well, for me, it was all about the Sinclair Spectrum anyway. And that's where the imaginatively titled The Computer Store in Doncaster came in. A decidedly unflashy establishment with considerable love of the colour beige. But it was home to many Spectrum Anstrad and Commodore 64 tape, most of which were Codemasters games, as I recall. It was a long-lasting shop and without doubt the largest in town, covering two floors and at least twice the floor space of the competition. During my late school years, they introduced a couple of arcade games on the top floor in amongst the Amiga games. wonder if Amiga games were higher up because they were adult entertainment. Who knows? So much of my school dinner money got put into Airbuster rather than food. Gaming keeps us slim. In late years, when it was a risky business keeping lots of 8-bit cassettes in stock, they opted for an electronic games delivery, where generic cassettes were recorded onto via some special system in the store that was undoubtedly a down-the-phone line system. Which seemed kind of exciting, yet also somehow not as good as the real thing. Also, they sounded more hollow when loading. It was a bit like piracy, but not. Of course, it meant you had to wait a little while for the game to be put onto the tape, it was recorded at double speed, so it wasn't such a terrible thing. When I moved on to the Amiga, which is something I bought from them for about £400 on a credit scheme, they were already struggling a bit, and the shop was really going downhill fast. They did start offering supposedly blank Amiga discs, though, which often contained full games, much to my delight. So I got many quality Amiga games like Second Samurai for just 10p. They struggled with console games, despite having a rather enjoyable Fire and Forget 2 on Master System available to play in store, and by the time the PlayStation hit, they were basically finished, and the shop closed down and became a net curtain store. 
So there you go, the computer store. It was a bit bland and faceless really, but it provided me with lots of budget spectrum games. I'm Derek Williams and my free market economy's reopening for business is still continuing for a few more weeks. Treat by Maru303. Sort of all kicked off there yeah. a bit, didn't it? It was all, all went glow sticks. I can't tell if that uh, has completely pet me up and got me out of my cold <laughs> and knocked me into, you know, ready for the next section, or, or if I just feel quite ill now. <laughs> um, before the show started, I asked intern Simon to pick out a couple of news stories oh, yeah? that he might, you know, he's just got your back. No, it's fine because, you know, I've got my structure and not everything fits into my structure. Exactly. Uh, he thought we should talk about the way Ubisoft dropped a couple of games from, uh, dropped their games off Steam briefly oh, yeah. this week. Apparently, uh, apparently they were all like, nuh-uh-uh, nuh-uh-uh. And then? And then they were like, yeah yeah uh-huh. After people sort of complained and were like, we are not, u- please, Ubisoft, we're not using Uplay. No one Simon wants hates to Uplay, he doesn't really he? Really he really does hate you. He would be livid right now he, about that story. Do a Simon impression. Oh, I was oh, no, so angry. Uplay. So oh. Anyway, that all worked out for itself. That, yeah. was, that was good. Um, What's the other one? Uh, Overwatch. Oh, yeah. Overwatch, big yeah. game announcement this week. Uh, is it Squeenix? No, it's no, Blizzard. Blizzard, sorry. Because it was Blizzard. announced at BlizzCon, Steve. Uh, yeah, not Squeak, why, why Squeakon. Would, why would what happens at Squeakon? I don't want to know. That's a furry convention, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a furry convention. Uh, Blizzard, BlizzCon announced uh, Overwatch, and people were furious about the accents in the trailer. Really? Apparently the, apparently the English accent is the worst accent since Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Well, have they heard my foreign accents? <laughs> Go for it. No, round no, the world. No, round the world in sixty seconds. No, because it's going to be offensive to all parts of the globe, <laughs> and I think we do well enough at that already. Steve. You're listening to One Life Left, a radio show that does its best not to be offensive. Uh, maybe what time is it? Oh, it's nine minutes to. We should go for the reviews, shouldn't we? Time for our reviews. You know section. what they say: nine minutes to reviews o'clock. Come on, <laughs> nine minutes to. Time for... A review! I'm 60, it's not my fault. It was right there. It was, <laughs> it was right there. You saw it, you thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. What have you been playing this week, Anne Scantlebury? Uh, this week, I've been playing uh, Alien Isolation. What? I know. What? I know, we've talked about it quite a lot on the show already. Um, do you know how much I got it for? £20 at game. £20? Yeah. That's pretty good. It's really good. Down yeah. from 40 quid. Uh, I don't understand why it's got so cheap so quick. Interesting. Um, anyway, uh, so I've never seen any of the Alien games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing this in a specific way. Have you seen way. any of the Alien movies? I mean, that also. Oh, Steve. Okay. I've never seen any of the Alien movies. Right, okay. Are there well, other uh, Alien games? Um... Yeah, there are loads of other alien loads. games. The alien movies, just to catch you up, they're basically romantic comedies. Really? They're adorable. That's not what I was getting from this. No, seriously. So weird. Beautifully so weird. scripted. Yeah. I would say Alien Aliens, actually. Yeah. Hugh Grant's finest performance. Oh really? Oh, genuinely, genuinely. I'll have to go, genuinely, have to go back and uh, 
get that because this one's been a little bit scary, Steve. Yeah. If I'm honest, Sandra Bullock as well. Is she in it? Brilliant. Well, because there was a bit in this which Very I touching. thought was quite like Gravity. So right, yeah, okay. that would make sense, wouldn't so, it? So so you are enjoying it? Yeah. So I've been playing this uh, in a way that I've discussed before. Uh, it is what I am terming uh, single player co-op. Right. Uh, where you sit next to someone and you pass, uh, pass a single controller between you and just uh, guide each other through. That's how you played that other scary game, uh, Outlast. Outlast, yeah. Mm. It's my, I think it is my favourite way of playing games. Not playing them. Uh, by playing them sometimes <laughs> and then when it gets a bit tricky, passing it over. Okay, makes sense. Or a makes bit sense. scary, and I did do that at one point. I, uh, I got a little bit freaked out. And I was, it was just before a cutscene as well, so I could have finished my entire section uh, fine, but uh, yeah, I got a bit scared. So have you seen an alien? Yes. Really? Just saw the tail of an alien. Sexiest part. Isn't it? It is. I mean, it was very quick, though, Steve. Yeah, yeah, I know. Not obscene. You don't get to see it for long. It's tasteful, isn't it? I mean, if you blink, you could miss it, and I very nearly did. You kind of don't need to. Um, Yeah, so there has been an encounter with an alien now. uh, And, yeah, it's very atmospheric, uh, super um, tense. Yeah, you don't see that much stuff. There are things which sort of scare you. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really good at building uh, building that atmosphere, building that tension. Um, there are things which, uh, if so, uh, I was playing uh, with Matt and he has seen uh, the Alien films. Mm-hmm. As there were little things in there, he could hear a cat in the background and he just went, oh no. I was like, what? What? It's a cat? That's yeah, lovely, surely. Apparently... Not so much in the films. Really? Which is weird, because I always thought in rom-coms, cats were a delightful thing. Yeah, is it, the, the films are kind of a, a will-she-won't-she she oh, thing okay. from beginning to end. <laughs> no spoilers. Okay. N- no spoilers, but they do get together. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think that that would have added something to it if I'd have seen um, the films as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I really enjoyed this way of playing games, so I think that is adding a lot to it um, as well. But yeah, super good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> that's that's what I've come out with. Super good, Steve. Super good. I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Fantastic, Dan. What have you been playing? Um, I've actually been playing um, my way through Halo Anniversary. Really? Um, which I, I booted up a few weeks ago to kind of make a point about something to do with graphics. And this was the version of Halo that Bungie released to celebrate their wedding anniversary. Basically, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a romantic edition of Halo. <laughs> it is Beautiful. a romantic comedy, yeah. It's the one 343 Studios developed. Right. Um, but yeah, I could have put it on to, to think about graphics and just got completely sucked in. Mm-hmm. I'm now playing it through a legendary and co-op and, and it's what I do when I'm not coding furiously. So it's a compilation of all of the all of the early Halos, right? No, no, it's, it's, it not? it's just the first oh, it's one. it's just the first one, that's yeah, I right. Can't Redeveloped. New console, Steve. No, no, I'm there. And it's got a, it's got um but hasn't it got extra stuff in? Like it's got skulls in it now. Uh I thought the original one had skulls. Did it? Or was that I just, just wasn't good at it. Sc- I can't Do you know what? I'm gonna let you review this game <laughs> that you've played and I'm gonna stop speculating you about the, better than I do, the developer, the gameplay <laughs> and the game, all of which I've got wrong so far. Well, it's it's Halo. It's, it's Halo. It's just the game that reinvented the first-person mm-hmm. shooter and saved the Xbox and Microsoft because they were going bankrupt that week, apparently. Really? <laughs> really? Exclusive. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Retrospective exclusive. I, I can't really say anything. It's just it's just a superb game. It um, is, it, it is even, even phenomenal. Even in the remastered version. Does even it stand the, the test of time? It really does. Okay. That's okay. Good. Have you got a score? Um, I'd give it 7 out of 10. That I seems think. fair, I think. Uh, Steve, what have you been Hi. playing? Does it involve Hugh Grant? It does not involve oh, Hugh boy, Grant. No, don't want to listen to it. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a romantic comedy. Um, although George Lucas is involved. Oh. In a sense, I oh. think. Oh. I've been playing a game called Don't Die, Mr. Robot. Right. Which originally, I believe, was called uh, Avoid Droid, but they couldn't call it Avoid Droid because I think George Lucas owns the rights to the word droid. No. I think that's true. No. I think no. that's true. No. No. I think. No. I, no. I, no. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's true, and he licensed it to Motorola as well, so they could call their phones droids. That's ridiculous. Loads of George know, Lucas, right? how dare you? Anyway, Avoid Droid is a uh, little Vita game. I think it's about a fiver. Um, and in Avoid Droid, you have to avoid stuff on the screen. That's basically it. You well, move, use the thumbsticks, either the left one or the right one. Doesn't matter. Could use both if you want to really you know, switch it up a bit. And you avoid stuff on the screen. If you've ever played Robotron... 
and no, you understand haven't. what this is like, except for Robotron, you can fire stuff. Here you can't. The only way you can attack the enemies is by collecting fruit, which explodes. If you leave enough fruit to grow on the screen, then you can it and it causes a big chain and wipes out everything on the screen at once. Brilliant. There is an arcade mode, there is a time trial mode, there is a chill out mode I think but the bit that I've been playing all the way through are the is the remix mode which are very very short missions which challenge you to do a certain thing in 30 seconds or score as many points but only collect strawberries or uh, blow up as many things as possible collect coins or all these little challenges I think they're great it's absolutely perfect loads and loads of trophies and there are platinum trophies. What? I, lo- I love me a platinum trophy. Didn't I? Like, I like it when you get to gold, right? And you're like, oh, well, I guess I've done this. And then suddenly you do even better. And it's like, platinum. And you're like, wow, I've got a platinum trophy. Did Taylor go platinum recently? Or did uh, she go gold? She went... She went I, platinum. I know. She went the best, basically. I think it's She just went... No, it's just like the best. All of the metals. The best. Anyway, this is my... Uh, you know, this has been my... Uh, my Taylor Swift of the day. I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed playing it. Actually, made me find my Vita charger. Uh, Sony's decision to use a bespoke Vita charger has stopped me. For all. Stopped me using the Vita for about a year and a half. But I dug it oh, out no. to play this game. Uh, I think it's amazing. Yeah. So I give it seven out of ten. Perfect. That's it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut this show down. We've done it. Drop the mic. I mean, don't drop don't the drop mic. Don't drop the mic. It's Resonance's equipment. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. We can't afford to they're replace suspended. it. So keep the mics you, you'd have to pull attached them out. to the... Just leave it there. To the mic booms. Just leave the studio as you found it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dan. Thank you for having me. It's been oh, fantastic. So welcome. Really, really looking forward to playing The Hit. You can find out more at that, about that at... Thehitgame.co.uk Oh, you're so arrogant. Can't get the guests <laughs> these days. <laughs> disgraceful. That joke will run and run. We will run and run too. First, we'll run out of the studio. We have been One Life Left, and we will see you very, very soon. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>